Good evening, Patriots. And tonight is Thursday, near the end of Thursday, actually. February. Actually, it's Wednesday. <clears throat> I'm on the East Coast. I keep forgetting. For most of you, it's Wednesday if you're on the West Coast. It's Thursday if we're on the East Coast, which is always what I do, but now I'm living on that time zone, that time zone shift. Tonight we have a special guest, and we'll bring him on in just a minute, but Pastor Brad Cummings is here with me on the East Coast, and we're going to have a wonderful conversation this evening. I think you'll all enjoy it. Before we get going, you know the normal drill. We're going to talk a little bit about like the things you need to do to prep, like your food supplies. So go for it. Here it goes. Patriots, do you feel like the world is being held together with duct tape and bailing wire? It sure seems like it. Every day, we're thrown new distractions by the fake news to pull us from the reality we're all about to face. Between the government trying to print their way out of debt, global military conflicts, and a looming food shortage, preparedness is no longer a choice. It's a necessity. In times like these, you can trust My Patriot Supply. Their three-month emergency food kit comes packed with tasty, and I mean tasty, meals with over 2,000 calories per day. And right now, you'll automatically get $200 in free survival gear with each kit you order. These products will save the day when crisis comes, and it's coming soon. Self-reliance is our only option. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and get $200 worth of free survival essentials with your three-month emergency food kit. Everything is in stock and ready to go, with free shipping too. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com before the next disaster strikes. MyPatriotSupply.com. Patriots, as I have said, food security is the foundation for personal sovereignty. Check it out today. My Patriot Supply, you won't be disappointed. So Patriots... We're in a conference over here on the East Coast, and while here, I came over here as a guest of Pastor Brad Cummings, and so he's sitting with me here this evening. Hello, Brad. How you doing? Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. It's been a nice day. It's been amazing. I I, I think I've just gone through 30 years of a healing journey in the last hour with you. <laughs> That's friendship. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, dude. I mean, I, it, it's been such a joy to have you out here. It's for for the folks that may be wondering, once a year, there's a handful of guys that I've known for 15, 20 years that all, they they are about as close to Jesus as guys I know in ministry. And we kind of get together for a, a prophetic roundtable to just kind of press in and go like, hey, God, what's going on? What do we do? What are our marching orders? How do we understand stuff? And I, I get a chance to bring a guest. This year I got to bring two. <laughs> and it was so cool because I, I didn't want to decide between two of my closest buddies. And I knew it was both important for them to be here. But I didn't know how to ask, can I have a twofer? <laughs> and somehow they just, I don't know, the assistant said, so now you have two guests? I'm going like, yeah, I do. <laughs> so... I didn't have to choose, which was like about as cool as it comes. And um, it was pretty awesome to to let you guys just be a part of what was going on. And I think even more so because the way God's orchestrated it, we've each had some little um, key pieces to a puzzle yes. that we got to unfold that I got to tell you, as far as just having fun encounters with God, 
I love them so much. I don't need to have them with somebody else because me and Jesus, we really do have a neat friendship. Yes. So I just go like, well, I'm not lonely. I don't need to have the stories that everyone else shares. But it is like super cool when you can have that with other buddies. Yes. Because they get in on it and it's like, you're never going to forget this for the rest of your life kind of deal. And, 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 and we're purposely not going to tell you all the details because it's something that's really important that's unfolding, but it was an absolute thrill to have two of my closest friends and to watch God give peace puzzles to all of us to let something unfold that is just super important. Yes. Can shift a lot of things in this earth. Well, we can say at least it was prophecy, right? Yeah. So it, I, just let just, me just jump in here, Patriots, because I witnessed something amazing. And I'm, I just because of the nature of it, and when we can, I'll share. But just understand this. I watched Brad give prophecy, and I watched it manifest in literally 15 minutes at a most profound level. It's just stunning. And that was just listening to God. It was incredible. And And the really cool thing is little nudges. Mm-hmm. Little nudges. I, I could have dismissed it. I could have gone like, no, nah, I don't, I don't know. It's not clear enough or something like that. It's not like I got a red phone, and it's not like I see his ticker tape, and it's not like I, God says say this. You're just going, like, you feel a little nudge. <laughs> yeah, it was a little nudge. And then the part that when it all came together, this is what was so profound, is that your two guests and you ended up all being part of that to prepare the launch of the prophecy. Yeah. And it's like, you just, and, and that's the, that's the really cool thing. It's like where two or three are gathered together. And that word is sort of a double reflexive that just means gathered, gathered or together, together where you don't have walls and you don't have like facades and you don't have shields up, but you just have hearts. I mean, yeah. it's like, um, Scott and Daniel were not allowed to sit at the big guy's table. Yeah, we were the guests. Okay, yeah. so they have to sit a little outside. The, we we the, were the outcasts. The, the, the poobah table. <laughs> but I'm watching I'm watching two of my buddies just act like knuckleheads, and they're laughing in the back of the class. <laughs> we were. Yeah, and then I get a couple of texts every now and then, and I have to, I have to not laugh when they send their little notes to me. <laughs> it's just, but I got to tell you, that made this thing fun. I mean, there were serious moments, and we're we're wrestling with rather large problems in the earth. I mean, we really are, yeah. and, and we have we got some of the, I think some of the world's experts to speak into them. I yes. mean, so it was heavy, heavy deal. Oh, there were some big people here, patriots. I mean, senior people in the government and senior people from around the world, and it's just it was really amazing to watch the discussions go on, and to know that they love Jesus. That's the whole thing. So uh, just if you don't mind, when I sent you the text about laughter, uh huh, do you have that, that word? Oh, yeah, I can grab it. Okay, because I think the one thing we forget so much is the importance of it. Because we, we get so wrapped up sometimes in the heaviness of life. And I know that the one thing that I just, this has been an amazing time here is just the reminder that God gave us laughter to really enjoy life as, and the journey, right? Yeah. And but but let, let me set this up. I'm 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 one of the younger guys here, not by a little. You know these these are like these are seasoned fathers, right? Okay, and I I feel like um, uh, one of the hobbits in the Lord of the Rings, little Fellowship of the Rings. It's like <laughs> all these other guys are kings. I'm the one guy that doesn't have a church. 
I don't have a following. I, I mean, I know I, I know I do things that matter, but, but I, I have the freedom of I don't have to play a ministry role. So exactly why I'm here, I sometimes scratch my head going like everyone else has a, as like a, you know, they're like a church leader. <laughs> okay. And I'm not. And, and yet it comes to the end of after two days of two and a half days of really intense sort of strategic discussions. Um, the guy that, you know, heading up things says, you know, let's, before we leave, let's make sure that we kind of minister to one another. So if people have words, um, you know, let's just listen and let's, let's just know that each one of us needs the encouragement from others and stuff like that. And so it's a time of ministry to each other. And yet it's kind of quiet. There's not a lot of, you know, and, and it's like, I don't know, kings don't often prophesy over kings. You know, I mean, I'm just, right. they, they, no, I, right. they should, because they're just people. But I'm kind of like, is the, you know, I feel like a junior member most of the time I do. And then I just sort of feel like, well, if you guys aren't going to, I'm going to. Yeah. And so I pick most of the, the top dudes <laughs> because I'm going like, they probably don't get prayed for the most. They're probably the ones that are doing all the praying. Right. And I'm just going like, hey, Jesus, you, you got anything for them? And, um, and he just gives me these little nudges. And yet when I open my mouth, it seems to fill in the blanks. And I just want to encourage folks, just loving and trying to encourage people, the Holy Spirit's going to fill that moment. That's good. And, and it's like, you know, well, what if I do it wrong? So if you're loving someone, I'm pretty sure you're not going to hurt them. Well, what if I, what if I, what if I say, you know what? If you're encouraging them and you're loving them, I'm pretty sure demon's not going to jump in there and do something. Okay, that's the truth. And we don't, we don't, we don't step into this stuff because we don't try. We're afraid of making mistakes. And I'm just sitting there going like, I'm not afraid to make a mistake, and I don't know if I'm going to get it all right, but I'm going to at least communicate the heart that I feel. And as I looked at somebody, I just, I felt love for him. I felt appreciation for him. I felt something of God's heart for him. And so I just try to go like, okay, how do I, how do I put, how do I translate that into words that would make sense? And I was shocked at times, you know, what I ended up saying. And how does that work? I have no clue how that works. So I, I, I'm not like, there's not a red phone. There's not like, I got some, you know, I'm some prophet. It's like, no, no, I'm just someone that is actually willing to love somebody else out loud. I think that's so critical. We, so much of what you and I have been talking about here, and I'm just going to share this openly, Patriots. I, I have been blessed with this friendship with Brad Cummings. And he has become like the best friend I've ever had. And it's um, more than words can literally describe. And it is, uh, this whole journey here this time has been, there's just been a lot of nuances of things that have happened and God putting the stuff on our heart and just speaking truth and speaking truth from the heart. And you, you just, there's a trusting thing that Brad's been leading me through this process. And I'm so appreciative of it and just learning how to hear the voice, hearing how to hear the word of Jesus. And so much of it is just what you said. It's just the nudge on your heart and to then trust in it. And then just start speaking that beautiful, whatever it is. And then suddenly God just kicks into high gear and he's like, okay, I got it now. You just step aside. I'm going to finish that sentence for you. I mean, I just, yeah. And I, I do not know how that works. I don't either. It's just, you know, and it's like, 
And so what's really fun is like at the end of this, you know, it's like, and, and it, here's one of the rules I don't like. It's like, because they have a real strict sense of, you know, know those that labor amongst you. If someone's here as a guest who isn't known, they're not just going to let that person play. Right. And I personally don't like that rule because if someone's here as a guest, somebody knows them. <laughs> so I think it qualifies. I, I'd hold a flag on the play going like, wait a minute, but I know him. So, so, so Scott texts me at the very close of this, and it's a pretty sweet word, but then the, the whole thing gets shut down before I can give it. And right. I'm like, oh, that sucks. It's like, this is a really good word. And, and what he, what he, what he uh, texted me, he said, because parts of the meeting and parts of the guys, I think because of the, the, the seriousness of the, this day and hour and the things that we're trying to get God's heart on, I mean, these, we're about to go to World War III. Right. I mean, it's, it's, not like, it's not like it's, gee, uh, a remote possibility. It's like, it may have already happened, and we, we're probably <laughs> in the thick of it, and we're trying to like, what do we do? And so Scott gives this little word. He says, embrace this walk with joy. Remember the gift of laughter. Don't carry the burden of seriousness. See the world through my eyes and celebrate the time in which Father has given you to live. Laughter is healing and the outward expression of love. And I'm going like, that's a killer word. I'm just going like, oh, you know, nicely, nicely worded. <laughs> it's like, and you texted it. And, and, and so I, I was almost going to, and it's like, and then it just, the moment left, I'm like, oh, bummer. And then what's so amazing is here I am going like, I'm aware of this word. I want to lay hold of it. I'd like to see it come to pass. And it was something for everybody. And we, we'd gone through today a, a, a pretty um, serious, yeah. not <clears throat> feeling great moment right. that was unfolding that I was really hoping that would, would go a different way. Right. And... And I'm going like, wow, this is weird. And I just sort of walked the rest of it out tonight, but it was... So, well, Patriot, since you would probably expect where God would put me, I became the grenade. I mean, there's <laughs> no other way to say it. I mean, I was literally in the middle of a conversation. It was, it was an intense meeting, and things were awkward. And it's like God put on my heart to say something, and I did. And it was like literally like detonating a grenade in the middle of the room. Which, as you all know me, that's no surprise. You'd be like, oh, there's Bards again doing his thing. He pulled but the pin. He, I did. <laughs> I pulled the pin, and I just, I literally, like, let the spoon fly, and I counted that multiple seconds to the last second and then threw it right in the middle of the table. And then God's like, okay, um, time for you to leave. And I'm like, yeah, it probably is a good idea for me to leave. But here's what's amazing, and this is, this is again, where it's just such this amazing listening to Father, because you leave and you just expect this to go the worst possible way, but it was something that was really on my heart to say. So I come back up to the room and I, I, I'm praying a bit and I'm like, all right, Father, like, what's that about? And he's like, and I'm, I'm kind of railing on what I do. I'm talking <laughs> You're to You're grumbling. Yeah, I was grumbling. I'm like, I'm, just, I'm grinding on it. And, um, and I'm just I'm grinding on things about it, and and he's and I get the n normal thing like God treats with me, and he's like, "Are you done?" I'm like, "Yes." He says, "Good." He says, "Good job." And, and I said, <laughs> "Like, what is that? Like, what's what's good job?" And he's like, "You did exactly what I needed you to do." And he said, "Brad's got this now." And I'm and 
And I literally just, I, I'm not kidding. I just broke in tears. I'm like, Father, seriously? Like, I really thought this thing, I just blew stuff up. And, and so did I. Right. And Brad, <laughs> so I learned later, so did Brad. And then Brad comes back up, and I'm like, how'd it go? He goes, dude, I just had the most amazing meeting. I'm like, and I'm I'm sitting here actually pretty happy. I'm telling because he, he's expecting me to be all upset. Well, I'm not sure how to tell you. As soon as you left, everything was awesome. <laughs> right. So Brad's, Brad's trying to tell <laughs> I'm me. I'm thinking that's going to be nice. Right. So he's he's thinking I'm going to be upset because everything went great once you left. You know. And the thing is, I come up here and I meet with Brad when he comes back up, and I'm like, dude, I got something great to tell you. He goes, you okay? I'm like, okay. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. The father's like told me everything was good. I th I think he dropped a pill. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing ends with like now, of course, you do the same thing. It's like, oh, man, I can just see this because Brad's guy has one more meeting in the night with the same group. And I'm like, I'm not going. Because he asked me, he's like, you going to my no? The father's told me to stay away. And I'm like, oh, Craig, probably a good idea. Probably no more grenades for the night. And that's what leads to this final thing. Oh, and so there's two parts to this because Brad goes and I call another pastor I know. And so I'm going to let you finish with this part. But then I, I call this other pastor and I tell him, he's, I said, oh, man, you got to hear this word that God gave me yesterday. And he says, you, you gave that yesterday? I said, yeah. He goes, dude, that's crazy. He said, we had this really big time Zoom call yesterday. And right about, which comes out correlated about the same time, patron. He says, God puts on our heart laughter. And he says, all of these, we have this really serious planning session. And he said, we were just started laughing. And the entire end of the Zoom call, he says, we were just laughing and celebrating the love of God and laughter. So like, well, that's pretty cool. And then you have your night. What was so amazing is, you know, I, I was honestly feeling kind of bad going like, wow, I I really wanted Scott to be completely accepted in this circle of what have been my my really, really good friends. But I threw a grenade. Yeah. And I'm going like, and I didn't think it was a wrong grenade. It just was not accepted. And I'm going like, I don't get this. And I think it was because one of my dearest friends was going through a really significant weighty time. And it was like his Reader's Digest super CEO moment. Like, just say it. You know, don't tell me the story. Just say it. And I'm going like, I would have been kinder. <laughs> so I was feeling butthurt for you. Right. <laughs> you weren't feeling butthurt, but I was. I was like, that's not nice. You know? And, um, but this is someone I absolutely dearly love. This is someone who has been, in many respects, like a father in my life. And um, as fathers can be, they're not always your friend's best friends. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I get that. We ended up having, I think, the most. We, we ended up sitting out on this deck and under the warm sky. It's beautiful out. And I don't think I've laughed as much as I've ever laughed in a couple of years. I mean, we've, there's been serious life the last few years. Yeah, it has. And I know laughter is good medicine. And I didn't know I, I, didn't know I needed it. But I mean, I, I just, I felt like it had a thousand, you know, crunch sit-ups and you're just going like, I don't need to go to the gym for a month. It's like, I've you know toned abs after laughing this much. <laughs> and it was just so delightful. I'm going like, wow, after an intense, you know, two and a half days, as sort of the goodbye, cause we're heading out of here tomorrow with some of my closest friends, I get to have a beautiful time of just laughing and enjoying 
And and it's it's the sharing of real stories of people's lives, the behind the scenes that no one would want in print anywhere that are just the human things. Right. And so it's not it's not like it's crass stuff. It's just it's it's so hilarious because it's like everyone's kind of worst moments of you know what you hope doesn't get played in heaven, <laughs> but but maybe it will because it's so darn funny. <laughs> well, and I think that the thing that's so amazing right here is just watching how God's worked this because this was a pretty intense two two and a half yeah. days, and there's a lot of intensity around right now, and yet he's reminding and then this isn't just one thing it's a number of things like you know the pastor i just i understand that duncan did his show tonight on laughter mm. so this is a message right totally it's just like and i think it's something we need to be aware of because as i talked about in the previous show tonight there is a narrative going along here one that's telling us that the only form of warfare is nuclear war well we know that's not true right and there's a, a narrative as well going along along with this deception to try to tell us that there's no hope. And that's that's exactly a lie. Totally. That, that's the father of lies. And so and I'm not I'm I'm not gonna dig into this any more than you want to. But tonight, after all of that Oh no, they, they, everything's fair game here. It, okay. I, 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 I came back and I'm walking back and I'm going like this was so fun. And what was fun is some of the guys that were there had had sidebar conversations with you. Mm-hmm. And they had such a wonderful conversation with you. They could not share things with the group. Right. And the one guy that had not had the best engagement with you, something was different. It's amazing. And he wasn't reacting to anything and it sort of was receiving it and sort of set some other stuff that I had to, sh- had, had to share that were significant. But... It's like it wasn't shared with the heaviness. It was sort of like we saw the possibility of how God is working in some super high-level relationships. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And and I'm going like, this is just fun. And it's, you don't, you know, nobody thinks of prophet people as, you know, like if you look in the Bible, no one finds them like um, with levity and jokes. It's like it's always, the you know, the Old Testament prophet guy is the mad guy that's rebuking everybody. And yet Enoch in the Bible, I think is one of the greatest prophets and just walks with God. And he's, he's known as the guy who's absolutely full of joy. That's fantastic. And I, 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 this, is, this is important to share. One of my buddies had this encounter, and as bizarre as it might sound, he was taken up into heaven. And in heaven, he meets Enoch. And Enoch is this most infectious personality, the full embodiment of joy. And you're just going like, you wouldn't necessarily know that from the scriptures. Right. But Enoch's the guy that walks with God for like a couple hundred years, and then he doesn't die. He is just taken to heaven. And the way I kind of think of it is like, at one day they're out for a walk, and they're closer to God's house, then they are back to Enoch's house and earth. And God just says, why don't you come home with me? That's perfect. And it's just, it's this, it's a picture of intimacy. And then Enoch is the guy way at the beginning of the book of the Bible. And he is the one who prophesies about Jesus's second coming, not the first coming. He talks about the second coming. Wow. And you're going like, well, how do you know that? It's like, I mean, how would he know that? That Jesus was going to show up, but he's talking about when he triumphantly comes. 
And the joy of the Lord is your strength. The intimacy of that walk with God is your strength. It should produce joy. The closer I am to God, the more I should be at home in him knowing he's got this. And that doesn't fatalistically mean we don't have a difficult battle, but it's sort of like at the end of the day, this isn't going to be one in our strength. This is going to be done in his, and he always leads us in triumph. I find that really hard to stay in that spot, seeing that, especially when you're not looking at things and just lightly, well, we read the end of the book and God wins. I, I, I hate that when people say it because they say it so flippantly. I'm like, yeah, but between now and then, it's going to kick your ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just it is. It is. It is. It's not easy. This, right. this is scary. And and tonight was just this levity moment. And my, my, my buddy meets Enoch like that, and then he meets Elijah. And I mean, as goofy and crazy as that is, I'm just going like, this is one of the most important stories I've heard shared because of the impact it made on me. Elijah was a little more gruff, and he wasn't as fun to be around, and he was a little intimidating for my friend, and he he wasn't really sure, and he's going like, wait a minute, both of these men are the two guys in the Bible that didn't die, and they're with the Lord in heaven. Why is one the embodiment of joy, and why is the other not? It's not like he's not loving or not wise, but he's not full of joy. And it's kind of like in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. So what's wrong with you, Elijah, is what's going on in his head. But exactly how do you say that to someone that is the greatest prophet of power in in the Bible? Yeah, that'd be a little difficult. And then it's a little bizarre when James says, Elijah, a man like us. I'm going like, I don't really feel like I'm part of a man like us. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just, I'm like, he's prophet of power, you know? Yeah. And my buddy finally gets this courage up to say, to ask Elijah that very question. Why is Enoch the way he is? And why are you, you know, don't mean to be unkind. Why are you not like him? And Elijah doesn't get all ticked off and rebuke him. He goes, ah, Enoch made more valuable use of his times of trial than I did. Wow. He said, I allowed bitterness to come in to my heart, and Enoch actually lived in a more difficult day of darkness than I, but I did not handle my trials and difficulties like Enoch did. And you know how James says, blessed are you when you encounter various times of trial because we know uh, that the transformation that they work in you, that's my little paraphrase right there. Mm-hmm. I always thought James was a crack smoker going like, what are you, why are you saying yay trials? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just going like, James, you're a liar. And yet when I heard this story and I heard the, the life of, of Elijah confessing to my friend, Enoch did not waste any of his difficulties. He allowed them to transform him. And then here's the punchline. Who you become in this life is who you will be in eternity. That is so, you've shared that with me before, and that one is like at the heart of every breath we take. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to waste my sorrows. Do I want more of them? I I really don't. 
No. I don't, I don't, I don't, and I don't even want to relive them, to be honest. I wanted like, okay, let's get through the wilderness as fast as we can. How do you do that? Keep walking. Don't sit down. Don't pout. Just keep walking. And it's, yeah. Okay. And, and, and we don't, we don't have any control over the evil that's done around us. And I'm not immune from it. You know, it's one thing if you're doing the evil, that's bad on you, but you can transact that. Right. It's a lot harder to deal with the evil that's done to you mm-hmm. when it just hurts. It does. And you didn't do anything and you're understanding to deserve it. You know, it's like this isn't in the buildup of bad karma. This is just the crap of bad people and they're hurting, but then they nail you with it. And you're like, what did I do? You know, those are hard to transact. You said something tonight. I, I just think it's so important to share, which is you're talking about how you didn't, you carried the burdens, but didn't accept the pain. Oh, I, well, what's so crazy is we come back, I come back from this really marvelous time and I'm going like, I have never laughed this much in the longest time. I had no idea how bad I needed. And I was not, I honestly, when I, when I couldn't help share your word, I, it's just, it's like it went downstream. I did, I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't like, oh, I need, you know, it's like, I just like, I forgot about it. And when I come back up here, I'm going through my taxes and walking back up and I'm, I'm seeing yours and, you know, just, just a couple down. You just said a couple other texts and you just said, did I just see a bear come back into the room? And it's like, <laughs> yes, that's me. I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you knock on the door. I'm like, okay. Um, and I, and I realized, wow. I just had the fulfillment of the word that you had texted for the group. And guess what? The group got to experience the word without the word ever being said. That's powerful. Yeah. And I'm just going like, well, that's a new kind of prophecy. <laughs> text count. <laughs> <laughs> so you can prophesy to the world just by texting this it out awesome. there. Awesome. I've got okay? a whole new that's, a new, that's the greater works have begun. <laughs> And so I come in to, to Scott's room and I don't know, I'm just, the fact that you're happy, that you're not butt hurt, that yeah. you went through difficulty and you really sort of experienced rejection as someone I just spent two hours with having the time of my life with. That was the greatest thing ever. I just want to put that on the Patriots because I will tell you, you know, it was, it was a difficult afternoon because there were, and it wasn't like these were hostile things said. It's just, it was a very... The seriousness of the hour, and I have a project with them that you're not a part of, and so I think I hadn't prepped it where it's sort of like, I think he kind of said, who are you and why are you here? Right, exactly. <laughs> but the words that needed to be said had to be said, and that was, that, that was as God led. And that transformed that meeting in such a positive way. And then I will tell you when you, after I get through my phone grinding, which I do with God, as you know, and then just kind of get the clarity of like, my son, you did exactly as I needed you to. That was that was powerful and it's freeing. And it just leaves you with a great deal of contentment. And then to know that that cascade of events leads to Brad having the one of the best evenings he's ever had with one of his closest friends. You're just, you're sitting, because there's, there's obviously, I mean, you're wondering like, was that a Scott grenade or was that a God grenade? Right. I, until you talked me through what you experienced on your side, right. I just went, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I'm sitting here going like, all my life since I've been a little kid, the key to evangelism in my life or the key to advancing the kingdom 
has been I love introducing my friends to my other friends. And one of my best friends is Jesus, so I like introducing my other friends to my best friend, which is Jesus. <laughs> That's called evangelism. But I don't think I'm doing evangelism. I'm just introducing people. And we have this wonderful night, and then I come into Scott's room, and he, you're sharing with me that you're doing fine. I'm going like, how cool is this? Because yeah. I care about you. Yes. I don't like when my friends are mistreated by my other friends. I don't know how to heal that. Because it's, it wasn't nasty. It was just, it wasn't acceptance. Right. That's it. Yeah. And so it's not like someone beat you with a stick. It's more like they just didn't bring you into the inner circle. And I was going like, hmm, bummer. I think this was important. I mean, I invited you not because I wanted my buddy. I invited you because I thought this was significant and we needed insight that I've gleaned from you. And I wanted that shared because I know they don't have anyone like you in their life to teach me the things that God has uniquely trained you to see that are ways that help me interpret these bigger moments in the world. Mm -hmm. And here I'm trying to provide guidance, this little junior hobbit, to kings. Right. And I'm wanting them to know how I know some of this and the value of where it comes from because I'm hoping and I'm knowing we're going to need this continued intelligence and you know god told me that we would become friends before anyone introduced us and it was wonderful dr sherry tenpenny who became a marvelous friend of mine that so loved your heart yes and when you were going through a difficult season and she says scott needs another guy and he's a guy like you be able to speak in and walk with him. I can't do that. Would you call him? And she didn't know that I had found your show. I said, I, I was I was mowing the lawn one morning, and it, it was just your intro. I didn't even know that you had an hour show because I only had the little little intro of music, and I was so captured by the intro music, I just put it on repeat as I mowed the lawn. <laughs> and I'm going like, oh, I love this. I love the music. I love this guy's voice. I love the way he's... And I went, God, I want to meet him. And he says, you guys will be great friends. And he's, he said that to me three different times, four different times. And those people in my life have been incredible. And each one of those relationships has happened. Wow. For most of the ones that... And I told you about them tonight. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They took 10 years for that to happen. And I waited, and I never made anything happen. And I knew when it's God and he really wants something to happen, I know I don't, sometimes I don't want to help him. Because I don't really want to try to make a relationship happen that ultimately I have expectations of deep intimacy and friendship for if it's not really mutual. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to try to make it happen. I'm going to say, if that's you, I'll obey the nudges in the moments, but you set that up. And so when I got a phone call from Sherry to say, I want you to call Scott, I'm going, like, sure. And I've never had someone receive me into their life as deeply and intimately as you have without context and time. Well, this is, this is where it truly is, God, because when you called... It was like I'd known you forever. 
It was that simple. It was just a resonance, and that we we picked up. And Patriots, just one of these things, just to appreciate that how God works in our lives. When Brad gave me a call, it, it, we just started a conversation. It's like we, we had been jumped wait, into the deep end, right into the deep end, <laughs> and it was like a conversation that we had been missing for a lifetime that we we're supposed to have. There was no question about it. I really, I think what's so amazing about this is this is again when we're putting our trust in the Lord to lead us about this. I think this is so much it. And and to understand, even tonight, and I'll just share a little bit of this. When I came back from that meeting, which was, it was, a, it, again, it was important words that were said, but you just don't know what suddenly what happens because it just was obvious. And the Lord says to me, leave. And I obviously politely <laughs> so excuse me. So he kicked me. you out. Right, so I got kicked out. <laughs> probably. And, and he, the Lord did. But when when he's telling me that, you know, that function of what went on there was to support you. Mm-hmm. And then the part I didn't add was he said, this is why I put you and Brad together, and which is a bigger picture of mutual support in the expertise that we've had. And we've recognized this. Yeah. But I think this is where we get into the deeper component of what true friendship is, because it's not codependency. No. It, it's this mutual love for one another in the respect of the gifts and talents that God gives us. And then you find, as we trust in that, these amazing meshing of things mm-hmm. that, that do. I mean, just like we talked about tonight on the property, right? And we keep referring to it. So something else the Lord put on my heart this weekend, Patriots, was just we need to name the property, need to name the ranch. So we're yeah. going to do that. But in the process, Brad says something tonight, which was just really profound, because we keep referring to the house as a house, and and Brad's like, yeah, but it's not. He says it's a headquarters, and it's like, okay, wait a minute, that just changes the dynamic of everything because now it's a it's a place to bring people to, to break bread, to have meals, not to look at it as a residence that we're going to somehow have to transform. It's already what it is. It's a headquarters to bring people and bring it, communion. In. If it's a house for somebody, I want it to be God's house. Well said, right there. And that doesn't mean it has walls and a roof. That means it has his people. And so I was talking to you about, can we do stuff up there that brings people together? Let's not hold meetings. Let's have dinner. Right. And let's experience love and just conversation and the melding of hearts so that no one feels like you got to perform, but you can just have meaningful conversation. Will ministry happen? Yes. Absolutely. But no one will be religious about it. And it won't be a sense of, oh, now it's the important time happens. It's like, no, no, all of life is important. All of life it is. can be inhabited. And God can speak through anybody what needs to be said. And I think the reason our friendship so gelled is I wasn't trying to be your friend or not be your friend. I didn't need, I didn't need you. God just said, you guys are going to be good friends. Well, and I'm so- like, awesome. And... But I knew I had something that you needed in the hour that was really trying. Because it's like, I, I've walked that road before, so let me share some things that God was gracious to help me understand, and maybe they'll be of help. I didn't need you to hear them. I didn't need to force them. I didn't need to make decisions for you. I just felt like I have some things that might be helpful to you, and they were. Oh, massively. And they allowed you to make decisions that I wasn't making for you. I wasn't directing. I just I just shared, you know, I, I got some cookies. You seem to need some cookies. <laughs> and if you eat those cookies, you'll get what the cookies do. 
And and it was, you know, welcome to Prophecy 101. Right. It's like I don't need to I don't need to try to well, I said that. No, I I, I just shared something God had so taught I'll, me. I'll give some meat to this. So you shared the story of David yep. with me. And we you really didn't have a lot of context to share it, but you was you was to sh- you shared the story of David with me when he built the, the temple. And God said, I didn't need a temple. I just wanted a tent. And that ended up being so significant because we got to the place at Bard's Fest, and this was 2021, and this was early on. We'd only been connected for about two months or so, something like that. And I had to face a critical decision, and that decision was we had two locations, and literally we had they deplatformed our money, and I'm looking at an impossible amount of money to come up with and and Brad put that to me and I literally heard those words and I put it to the Lord and he's like uh yeah just consolidate to one that's you're making this too big but it was those words that led that whole decision which was significant because that's what made it all come together yeah and 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 the place where the temple gets built somebody offers it to David and David says no I will not give to God that which costs me nothing. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So you had to make a costly sacrifice. You did. Yeah, I did. It was. Okay? It was. And now I was going like gulp. That's that's a tough one. <laughs> it was a tough one because would. at this point, all you're doing is going into debt. Right. You're obligating yourself to a bunch of debt, and you didn't know that you had the money. Nope. And as opposed to selling tickets, you went. Well, I guess we'll do the free will offering thing. And I'm going like, oh, this separates the men from the boys from the men. It's like, wow, okay. Well, yeah, but that, that decision there was a, that was an amazing moment when I'm praying because like, we lost our ticketing platform. We have one facility that's got a sizable chunk of money down on it. And I'm and God's pointing the other way. Mm-hmm. So you, there's no out clause. <clears throat> so I'm going to have to let one chunk of money go. And and God's like, that's my money. I'm like, all right. And he goes, now make the event free. I was like, <laughs> I literally was like, what? Choke. <laughs> what? And he's like, make it free. And I, I think what was so cool to me is I'm watching. You're, you're a super intense guy. Okay? You are. <laughs> yes. But but I am too. Right. And the really cool thing about our friendship is I don't have to play down. Right, you know? I don't have to soften up. I'm going like, oh, we got a hot wire here. I can I can be full me, and I'll, I can match the intensity, and I really enjoy that. Um, but I wasn't having to shoulder the pain and the anxiety. I wasn't carrying the weight of what you were weighing, and I'm sitting there going like, ooh. And so I started to pray for you. That's awesome. And it was just like, God, help this guy. I know what it feels like. I mean, we used to fill stadiums, and it's like, here's a million-dollar bill, and I'm going like, where is that coming from? And, you, and so, I mean, I know the the the, the freak-out of, I think I'm doing what God asked me to do, but you're asking me to step where there's nothing. And if I'm wrong, there's serious consequences. Very serious. Okay? And so I'm going like, wow, he needs a friend. <laughs> so, oh, I, and, and so I just I just came alongside and you know I'm not I'm not some speaker dude I'm not trying to be somebody and I came and I largely was because I was going to work on a little project with Sherry so I just said oh sure I'll, I'll, I'll fly out and what was crazy was my birthday just a few days before Bars Fest I remember and for my birthday we went and climbed Half Dome 
That's right, because you had you did Half Dome and yeah. then had to run down Half Dome to take a flight. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm doing this, and it's like it's like I'm not going to quit this. It's like we 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 won the lottery to be able to do, go up there, and it was a profound journey. I'm going like, wow, God, you're 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 taking me on my own little journey, and I know I'm supposed to be at a Bards Fest, and then they canceled my they canceled my flight that night, but I would have made it, and then I flew the next day and made it, and I'm just going like. Somewhere in the midst of it, you let me into your world and just trusted me. I'm like, I haven't earned that. We haven't talked long enough for that to happen. And you just started to assign me going like, can you start talking to people? Can we shift this to a place of repentance? Yes. And you said, you go talk to all those other speakers and you you get them to, to, to go where they need to go. And I'm like, they're not going to listen to me. <laughs> but they did. But the, the the cool thing was, is I, you know, one of the things I'd known before is like, you know what, we don't need any more of these dog and pony shows. And it doesn't really matter who shows up. It matters what we do before the throne of God. That's so, it goes back to we are, what we are here, we are for eternity. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, so this is, you know how we're now talking new Bars Fest, you know, and that first moment of Bars Fest was like tap, tap, like not really tap, it was more like a Thump, no. thump, thump. Yeah. <laughs> Baseball wallop. bat. And it, but it's amazing as we go through those processes, because at this time when it happened again, this just in January, and I was like, we're not going to do anything but kind of like training for podcasting. And God's like, no, you're doing a Bards Fest. The confidence that you have in the Lord once you've gone through the fire yeah. is like, okay, Lord. And I, I'm just like, cool, we're doing it. And the only thing I told you I had the other day was I was like, okay, I need some clarity. Yeah. Because this is, there's a lot of moving parts this year and I don't like the anxiety. And the clarity was just like two things. It's like, we're going to focus these areas, trust in me, I'll deliver basically, and encourage those to now come and bring people and break bread, even if it's in the backyard. Consider this a moment of prairie fires of revival. And it's like, wow. Yeah. And, and it's like taking the performance off. Mm-hmm. and allowing the intimacy to lead, I think what needs to happen is we need to come before the throne of God together. Yes. And we need to receive something. This Hebrews says, you know, come boldly before the throne of all grace. Why? That you might receive mercy and grace to help in your time of need. That's fantastic. We need mercy. Why? Because we live in a nation that's done some serious wrong. And if I could, you know, it would take an hour to sort of unpack a little bit, but the United States holds the kill switch and the tyranny against every other nation on this planet in terms of debt that they owe to us. And we were wrestling with, is there a way? The Lord said to me, is like, if only you had known the things that would make for peace, you would not miss your day of visitation. And here we've got fires of revival happening in the land. Little prairie fires are going on. And I'm going like, this is not a guaranteed outcome. Right. We are in the valley of decision, and we still have runway. I mean, what we, what we were looking at and the questions we were asking you know, over the last few days is, is there a solution? that this nation could take ownership of what has been done in our name. I'm not guilty of it. You're not guilty of it. 
but as the forgotten sovereign, we the people, we have allowed a government that is underneath us to do things in our name that we haven't been vigilant and aware of. That's such a big part. You and I share this so much in the importance of the Declaration of Independence because it is that place where literally our founding fathers put God on our throne. Not a man, not a woman, not a queen, king, whatever. Not a, it, was, it was God. And, and right under him was us. Yeah, he's king of kings, right. lord of lords. We're meant to be sovereign, and we can empower a government to protect those God-given rights for everybody, but the government doesn't give me anything. I'm giving government the right. The government doesn't have a right that I don't have, and I don't give away my right. Anything it does, I can do. We don't use that power and authority. We don't walk into the spirit realm, and we don't act like empowered sovereigns because we've been given gifts from the king of kings. That is so amazing when, we, when you frame it like that, and it is so true because, as you say, and we've talked a lot about this, is that it's not walking in the flesh and then visiting in the spirit. It should be walking in the spirit and then touching base with the flesh in the sense. I mean, we're here in the flesh, but we need to be living in the spirit to bring that power into the earth. I heard somebody say a long time ago, you are not a human in search of spiritual experiences. You're a spirit that's having a human one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I kind of like that. I do. It's really good. And if I know that, and I just have to say it's better than what I said, so it's good. No, but I, I that—that's from God. I, yeah, that's not brilliance of bread. <laughs> I heard that from someone else. And I look at that, and I'm going like, if I, when I know that, I recognize I have rights and authorities that the Creator of the universe gave me. I think He's going to look at me and say, "Did you use them?" And I'm, I, for me, is one, I'm like the, you know, the Shrek donkey in the back, like, pick me, pick me. I, I'm going, like, yes, I'm going to use them. Right. And so I challenged a room of men who have incredible power, insight, and authority. I really felt like God said, now that you see this, because I didn't, I didn't understand that until we had a couple hours of that getting unpacked. But I now saw no flipping way. There is a way to stop World War III. There is a way to stop all of the bondage and the sex trafficking and the tyranny and the slavery of nations that we're responsible for. Our dollar, our, our government has entrapped and enslaved the rest of the world. That, that's a, that is a really heavy moment I mean, and I, yeah. it was yeah and i had other guys looking at me like what did you just say and i'm going like i just said what god just revealed and i'm saying we can do something about it and we've got one of the world's best economic economists in the world here yeah he's he is educating amazing. us yep and i unkindly said hey is there a way we can solve this <laughs> in front of everybody? Just gave him no heads up, no pressure. No, no pressure at all. 
but we've become really good friends. Right. And I've spent the last six weeks, every two days talking with him for hours. And I'm going like, and I'm going like, this is little Hobbit guy here. Why am I having a, I have no idea other than the assignment of God. But I'm going like, we're talking through things spiritually. And I'm going like, I don't know what he knows, but I do know God. Well, I want to touch on this a minute because there's something in this bigger than even what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's really what we witness and what I witnessed here. So Brad keeps referring to himself as a little hobbit guy, which is obviously metaphorical because Brad is not the size of a hobbit. But, <laughs> I but, ate six breakfasts, though. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but the, the, the thing that's really amazing is to watch how God maneuvers in critical times. So I'm giving you this story of this group, which, as Brad's described, big influencers, big names, people that'll fill 30,000, 50,000 people in a stadium and do deliverance and do ministry and and do amazing things. And they've done great things, heavily published. And Brad has his own impressive resume, but these people are these people are high up on the chain in the lifetime of this. And what ends up happening is it's very much in the metaphor of The Hobbit, which is the Frodo moment of stepping in because you did and you li and it's literally answering the call. That's where we begin yeah. this whole year, answering the call. And where I, what I witnessed, and it's not a criticism to anybody, but there was a, a timidness and a self-introspection part that was going on with everybody there of looking in themselves, and Brad didn't. And I'm just telling you this from an outsider on a, on a very, what do you want to call it, like a power broker table. Brad leaned in. Brad answered the call that was on his heart, and Brad was fearless in presenting things to watch a meeting over two and a half days to watch Brad become the center point of wisdom and even complimented on that independently by people across the day. That is truly answering the call, fearlessly stepping in, leaning in, and then literally delivering one of the most profound prophecy that manifested in 15 minutes. That's incredible. Which is, because I ended up like, who's that guy? Right, yeah. <laughs> and and I, I'm not I'm not pushing that off because I, it's like I do I know I know what significantly happened. Mm -hmm. I also know I was in such a unique position, like nobody else, because I didn't really have a whole lot to lose. I didn't have a whole lot to protect. I didn't have to worry about gee. If this gets published, because you got one of the you know the biggest publishers in you know the religious world there, and he's going to write articles on this, and it's like, well, what's he going to say? And so you know, there's a lot of other guys that you know, um, if they get quoted as saying something, it will affect their life. I, I don't get a religious paycheck, <laughs> but see, I think that's in because we and I did touch on this, and I think it's very important because it was in my notes, not not unrelated to you, but. It is our vanity, and it's the things that we build that we have to make a choice on. And literally, we're in a time right now, and I think this is what is so significant, is I think you had a lot more at stake than you're giving yourself credit. There's a lot at stake, sure. very reputation-wise. But it's the question of, as as I shared with you, the, the saying that we had in 2016 when I was running my pack for Trump, that God's brought back, and it's these words. What do you believe in so much you're willing to sacrifice everything to defend? Mm -hmm. Simple words, mm -hmm. but profound when you put it in terms of kingdom because it's like, are you really ready? Because what we saw there was the binds of many that you were setting free through some of the words mm -hmm. you were saying, but the binds of many that were being held by the things that they had built, not realizing that this is the hour 
And this is the time that you have to cut those binds free and step in and lean in and answer the call. And I mean, in, in honoring fairness of all these other men, and it's not, it's not like trying to protect them. It's, it's the fact that they're all trying to be stewards. Oh, they are. They're all looking at, you know, I can't say something outrageous or outlandish because of the impact and the ripples. So I really do have to speak with wisdom. They're, they're Kings. They understand the court. I could be the court jester at times. I could be the little bard that strides in. I, I, and it's because of what God's done in me. I've already lost everything. I've already had trampled on everything. I've gone through the pain of that. And then I've experienced the joy of God actually restoring things. And I think because I know that, and I know you've gone through that, oh, yes. it brings a freedom because I'm not attached to it. If yeah, yeah. it all burns, it burns, but you're not gonna you're not gonna take me. And you can't take Jesus from me. That allows the righteous to be bold as a lion. <laughs> That's great. You know? Yeah. And so you just go like, you can't take things from me that matter. Because eternity, who you become in this life, is who you're going to be in eternity. So I'm going like, throw me in the fire. Let every impurity burn up to the surface. Jesus, oh, yuck, had no idea that was in me until you smelted me. And so whatever comes to the surface, just scrape that off, would you? And purify my heart. And what happened out of tonight that I think is far more important than, gee, we're at a poobah meeting, is I came back after laughing, and then I had a wonderful, meaningful talk with you, and I just started sharing some stories that are precious stories to me. And in the course of sharing some of them, I got really surprised that I had some like PTSD kinds of hurt that I'm still carrying that I have not known how to do. And it's it's like that's that's what the crucible is for the heat gets turned up and things that are part of you you can't see get separated and they float to the surface. And you just watched me for the last hour and a half laugh and cry and talk you through 30 years of pain in my life. That wasn't because of wrongdoing, wasn't because of sin. It was the cost and the sacrifice of trying to carry the kingdom forward. And I got hit by all kinds of demonic, unkind things through people. And they've been surfacing in the last week and some where I'm just getting near drive-bys where the, the pain of that surfaces. And I'm going like, oh gosh, I haven't thought about that. And is that in me? And I, you know, I'm looking like, do I need to, you know, do I need someone to pray me through? Do I, do I, you know, it's like, Jesus, is there something in here that I need you to, to, to heal. And I asked you that. And I wasn't expecting you to answer. But you did. And it unleashed a flood. Because it was someone that loves me like a brother. Who cared about me. And was saying, you need to get that out. That's in there. God needs to take it out. And I'm going like, oh, wow. 
I could have celebrated right past that moment and soldiered up and go like, I'm fine. But I'm in the presence of someone that loves me. And it's going like, well, maybe you're not. And I didn't feel shame. I didn't feel weakness. I didn't feel like, I just went, oh, well, maybe just something smelted and popped to the surface. And, and I just started to say, you know, oh God, search me, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. And don't turn your face from me. And you kept looking at me, and I just felt, okay, I can let anything go here. And I just started praying through people I maybe needed to forgive one more layer. A moment that was really painful that I'm just going like, I felt abandoned, lost, and hurt. And all of a sudden, that's getting scooped away. And I'm just going like, wow, I had no idea. And then in moments, I'm seeing other moments where just something awful happened that, again, wasn't my fault. So I'm not feeling like, gee, I've got to repent of all this sin. I just go like, I didn't know that that, I didn't know that that could be healed because I didn't know how to repent from it. We think about repenting from sin, but we don't think about getting free from the pain. I, man, I hope everybody just heard that. I'm really serious. I want you to just think about what Brad just said. Because we look at repentance as a repenting purely from something we did. But what I witnessed truly was a man who repented just in a sense of making sure that there was nothing else there just to relieve the pain. And it was freeing. I, I, oh. I, I want to just give testimony to this because when I, when I watched Brad first go through this, and this is what sparked the conversation, and he was telling me these deep stories, I literally before me watched so much pain come out that he transformed before me. He was incredible. I was looking at somebody that was 30 years older. And that's what I told you. I said, Brad, there's something there. Because you look 30 years older when that happened. Yeah. And then the process, which was just so incredible, was just to go through a prayer. To, and we, we prayed together. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, well, it, it's, I, I, look, I, I'm learning something new this evening that I find so extraordinary. Because when you said 30 years... That's the exact amount of time that I've carried a lot of this pain. Wow. And I haven't known how to get rid of it. And I was sharing some pretty intimate things of men that I love dearly that I watch die because they allowed a root of bitterness to find its way into their heart. They were a victim of someone else's unkindness and they, and they couldn't get rid of the hurt. And it's because they didn't do anything wrong. And I've always thought, well, how, do you, how, how does that get healed? Because I know how to repent for what I've done wrong. I don't know how to get healed from the wounds someone else inflicts on me, especially when they're not saying sorry. Right. You know? And so I did the only thing I knew to do tonight. I knew to, I forgive them. I'm going to lay that thing before you, Lord. I'm not mad at anybody. I don't sit around grumbling about these things. I didn't know they're still in my heart. But the pain was. And the pain was coming up because tears are streaming. 
And I'm going like, these aren't bad tears, but when the hearts engage, the water flows. <laughs> That's beautiful. And you want to let the washing of the water of the word cleanse you. And I just sat there going like, I, I, I love crying like this. I don't like crying and feeling bad. But I was in remembering, you know, I think there was a half dozen of other things I had never shared. Real traumatic moments that were just hard. And I didn't know that there was something wrong. I just knew it was a sacrifice. And I had laid that before the Lord, and those were acts of obedience. But I didn't know I needed to be healed from it. I didn't know it had something in there that might hinder me, might be a blockage. And I'm going like, I didn't know I needed to do that. And no one's going to, no, no, no prophet's going to look at me like, well, you need to, you know, get that healed. It's like, they're not going to say that. It's not, it's not in the category of wrong. It's in the category of, ouch, it hurts. And I'm going like, I honestly didn't know you could get those healed, that you could bring them up to the surface and God would do something. I felt like he was just scooping each one of them away. It's like being in the fire of this little moment and not running from it, not being frightened from it. And Scott, if you weren't here, I wouldn't have done it. If you hadn't have said, you know, I think there's something there. You just look like you're 30 years older. I'm going, like, I don't really want to be 30 years old. I'm 50, I'm 56. I don't need to be 86. <laughs> isn't 86 you're out of here? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, not according to my dad. I think he's going to be about 100. No, but isn't that number when you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to 86 this? It's like, yeah. it's the exit. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's when true. you said that, I went, I'm not exiting. I, I need to be here. I don't want to get out of here. And I just went, Lord, if there's anything there, then please. I don't know how to, I, I've never experienced this before. I've never known how do I get free from the things that weigh me down because they're the sins of somebody else doing really unkind things. I think this is so profound, and I, I just want to throw this in because this is literally a whole nother layer of where two or more are gathered. <laughs> Oh yeah, my goodness, and it's because it, it is just it was a, I what I witnessed is just a profound level of healing that was going on. It's, it's like you could almost see it being you're you're describing it yourself, but it was like witnessing the layers coming out. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I'd love to say, oh, you can just you know have your quiet time and God will do this with you. But I, you know what, I'm 56. I have lots of wonderful times with God, but this has never happened. Wow. Okay. This only happened because someone other than me said, hey, you know, I think there's something there. And I, I, I didn't feel accused. I didn't feel shamed. I didn't feel like, oh, I'm in trouble. There's something there. There's something of God. No, there's something of not God in your heart. Well, yeah, it's called pain. It, someone else put it there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I didn't go looking for it. Right. And so when you don't have something to transact with a person right with you. I don't know how to get free from this. But you do now. But I do now because I knew, I just, I tried to find language to just set it in front of both of us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, if we, if we will confess our sins to God, he's faithful to forgive us. But James says something different about the power of people. 
He says, when we confess our sins to one another and prayer, you get healed. Wow. Okay? Yeah. I've, only, I've always only applied that to sin. And I've always only thought, well, that's, that's if I do it. But what was getting healed was sins of those, you know, dirty, rotten, scoundrel, bad guys that hurt me. That's sin. I don't, I don't need them here to say, oh, you know what, Brad, you're right. You were the victim, and we're really sorry. That might be nice, but I didn't need it to experience what this just happened. I didn't know that before. I've just sort of soldiered it and gone like, well, Lord, that'd be nice if. And something's about to happen towards in my life that I think is, I think is about to be kind of huge. And I'm not sure if I wanted it because it would require me going back to something where someone really hurt me. And I was talking to this other, you know, president, producer or something, and I just kind of went, you know, I can't go back there. You're offering me something outrageous, and I'm sure a thousand other people said, sure, yes, where do I sign? And I'm like, I don't know that I want to go back there. That was too painful. And I was that transparent on the phone with them, which I think was way over their skis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized I just I think I maybe shouldn't have opened the kimono. <laughs> 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 you know? And so I've been sitting here the, like the last week going like, oh, wow, I don't know that that person has the courage or the wisdom or the you know length of days or the intimacy with God to know how to handle this. And I, I, I just realized, that might have been stupid. But I hurt that bad, and I was being that honest, going like, I don't want to do this unless you will care about me enough to not hurt me again. And I don't trust the other person involved to not do that. And I'm pretty sure, because I have a call tomorrow with them, if tonight hadn't happened, I wouldn't be able to navigate That's amazing. the conversation tomorrow. And so I don't know what's going to happen because it's like, I honestly don't care. I don't need it to happen. I just know something can happen that wouldn't have been able to if tonight hadn't. And you're the only person that's going to have any understanding of what all we're talking about because it spans 30 years of my life. Yeah. And you got to saw the little highlight reel. Well, I, I, what's so meaningful about this conversation, on, I mean, there's many levels. <clears throat> but one of the things that stands out, and I think it gets to the core principle that we don't value enough is friendship. Yeah. Because it's... I mean, we, I think we take friends pretty casually. I mean, if you look at today, if you talk to the kids of today and they say, yeah, I've got 10 friends, the surveys show that many times it's up to six of those that they've never met because there's somebody online. 
and probably none of them that they actually trust. Right. But the issue of trust and friendship, someone said to me one time, if you die with being able to list five friends in your life, one hand, you have died amazing life. And it, just to have that deep of friendship, mm-hmm. and I and I do with you, and I because so much of this conversation, this is a very unusual place to own that place, but this role tonight, because you've listened to a lot of my trials, and <laughs> there have been plenty this last couple of years, especially when I'm down in the trenches waylaying somebody crazy like whatever online. And, and I, I'll just tell you that, Peter. This is one thing I just love about Brad, because... I'll I'll be going crazy on something, you know. You know me. I never do rants or anything. And and the thing that happens is that the I I can always count that Brad will step in and just say, "Hey, you might want to consider this." And he just presents presents that. But tonight was different because this is how God works too. It's like he's like, "Okay, now you're you're going to learn friendship." And there was a lot of learning of friendship tonight. Hmm of trust to realize that, you know, there's a, there's a deeper place. It's sometimes just being present. And you said it, what James said, sometimes being present is all that's needed because you need to be there to witness and through together and through with me, meaning God, you shall be healed. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And it's like, if I could encourage anybody who hears this is This life is the only time that we have to really be transformed. Yes. God's expressed purpose for each and every one of us, should we dare to respond, is to be conformed into the image of his son. Okay? Well, do I want to be crucified? Nope. He asked me, nope, pass. But now I would actually say different. You know how Paul talks about he wanted to have an intimate friendship with Jesus? Mm-hmm. So he prays a prayer that I I just kind of like, ooh, that's for like big boys to actually pray. He says he wants two things. I want to know the power of your resurrection. And then I think everyone goes like, yeah, that'd be great. And then the one that no one else really means if they say it, and the fellowship of your sufferings. And I'm like, no offense, Lord, I don't want that. I don't know how to deal with that because I can't get those wounds off. I, I think I've learned, yes, you can. Yes. Yes, you can, but I didn't. I didn't know that prior tonight, and I'm just going like, "Oh, wow!" Because I know the reason I've only the reason because I've watched two men that I absolutely adore, who have made the biggest impact in my life because of bitterness, because of wounds of some other perpetrator, choke out their heart. One died and the other had to have a transplant. And I'm looking at that and I've gone through the same trials. I'm just younger. And I got scared. I just went, oh God, help me not 
allow that weed into me. And there's something amazing about intimacy. You can't have intimacy without vulnerability. No one will like the definition of vulnerability. It means able to be wounded. I'd like to have armor and shields on. Then you can't be wounded. But you will neither have intimacy. And you're just going, like, oh, that's not cool. <laughs> it's like, I want intimacy, but I'd like to not be wounded, please. Right. <laughs> okay? Can't we do the good side of this? <laughs> and, and, and I know that side. I just had the laughter side. I, that was that was the best gift. I did not think in one night I could go from laughter to some of the deepest cleansing tears, all in the course of a couple hours. I, I I I'm serious. I just like how's that happen? I didn't see this coming. Laughter's healing. And to be able to go, I mean, you you and I've talked about this, and I think this is really profound. How if 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 your whole if your eye be single, your whole body will be full of light. Jesus talks about that, and it's like he's, before his crucifixion, he's on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, his three best buddies. I don't think I've ever understood this before till this moment. That couldn't and wouldn't have happened if his friends weren't there. Yeah, there you go. Okay. His friends were there, the guys he trusted. The crowd was not. His friends were there. And in that moment, they saw something transfigured before them. That's a human being. That's not God, very God. That's a human being with God inside him, able to shine brightly throughout him because he's not hiding anywhere. You got Moses and Elijah there too. And then knucklehead Peter says, we should build three booths. And it's like God kind of says, ah, no, you're missing this, Peter, so let me help you out here. So he removes Moses and Elijah, and he says, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And it's like my favorite song is turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full into his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And as you said, hey, you just look 30 years older, if you hadn't said that, I wouldn't have gone like, oh, no, that's not good. How do I get this out of me? And so I just, I closed my eyes and I started talking to my other best friend. And we share that best friend. I know. And I'm going like, you don't have a moment like this without the people that love you letting you strip naked and ask for help. I didn't know what to do. I'd never done this before. I can repent, I can confess, I can say dirty, rotten things I've done, and I'm not afraid of that at all. I know how awesome that is. But I don't know how to take the dirty, rotten things of others 
and transact them. And then you did. Yeah. But I had a loving friend that says, I think there's something there. And I'm like, well, I can reject this and say, no, there isn't, and I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we did. I think this is the so the, such the purity and the truth of the heart. You know, we get down to it because there, there's a some pretty cool comments in chat tonight. I think this is a great show. I mean, one of them is there's no braver thing than to be vulnerable. Hmm. And I, I, I think that's a fantastic comment. Um, you and I walk that way, mm-hmm. and, I, and I've learned to walk that way more. And I, as we've talked a lot about even how this ministry works, is the encouragement of being vulnerable in the heart. It's necessary because it's there that we really connect with God. It's where we meet and see his face. It's there that Jesus is there with us to walk us through. Mm-hmm. And it's there the most profound things happen. And then when you add that to that piece, and I think once again, as we talk so much, that here you are also, you know, as witness tonight to what you're saying. I mean, this is, you've been doing this for well over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, and I think what's another dimension of this, which I think is a good way to kind of wrap this all together tonight before we pray, is just that in after 30 years, a moment happens right here that is, and you, you are one of the greatest scholars of the Bible I have ever met, and I want people to hear that. I mean, you, your profound knowledge in the Bible, and it's such an amazing, that for me is such an amazing friendship dimension is because it's a richness in discussions we can get into at levels that just nobody else can do. And yet here, as we're reminded, and I've, I've, I've shared with you the words given to me, we read the Bible, but in the end, the Bible reads us. Yeah. And here we have a whole discovery of a layer of something that was there the whole time, but it doesn't make sense until the most important moment that God's president says, watch, I'm going to give you something. And mm-hmm. here it is. I'm going to teach you how to heal that which you were not responsible for, but I'm going to teach you how to do it. And it's going to happen and you're both going to learn as I work and you witness. That's amazing. Yeah. There's, there's a, a turn on a phrase that I think will be a gift to everyone. I was talking with someone else that's been struggling to hear God's voice, and they're being sincere. It's like they're, they're like they've tried, and they keep coming up disappointed because they're doing all the right things. And I'm going like, okay, I'm not going to beat you. I'm not going to say, well, you're not really somehow. It's like, no, maybe you are doing all the right things. I, 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 I'm not there. I don't know. And I'm sitting there like, hey, Jesus, is there anything I can say right now that will help? Or are you just being silent because they got to go through something? You know, it's like if you have someplace else to be, you'll, you'll leave. If you have nothing else that's more important than finding him, you won't. That's right. So I don't think this is hard. It's just a question of, do you really want that? And what the Lord surfaced in that moment that I was able to share with another really important friend, that I'm going like, you're not going to fulfill your purpose unless you can make this turn. I know that. 
And I'm going like, you need to make this turn. But I can't make it happen. I can't, I can't give you my intimacy. I can only try to show you how I find mine. And what I said to this person is I said, hey, here's, I think, I'm hoping this might make sense, but here, here's the transaction, I think, it's the promise of God. Intimacy. Into me, you can see. If you will dare to put that before the Lord, where you give him permission, because he stands at, he, behold, he stands at the door and he knocks. Will you let him in? I'm not standing at his door knocking on his and he's something like, wow, I'm too tired. I'm too tired when he knocks on my door and then I don't get the joy of the friendship. But if I open the door by saying, okay, God, I'm scared. I don't know what you're going to see. I don't know what I'm going to do because I don't know what's in there. But if I can take the veil off my face and I can say, you have permission into me, you can see. I'm able to be wounded here. I'm not hiding. I think the promise of God is, if you'll let me in, I'll let you in. Wow. I think he says back to, into, if I say into me, you can see God. I think the response of kind is God says, awesome. Now look into me and you can see. That's awesome. Let's close with a prayer. It's been a great show, Brad. Thank you. More than words. Hmm. I'll start. You finish. Father, this is once again just one of these amazing meetings and blessings that you give. They sit here with truly who's my best friend and somebody who is you've brought into my life. And together now we share an, a glimpse into a gift of friendship, which is truly amazing, especially in this time when relationships are so stressed, we're so divided. We've lost laughter in our culture. We've lost a lot of trust in you. And tonight, in a short period of time, <clears throat> by reflection of how long we've known each other, in a really short period of time, you took us through a, gamb a gambit of trust, of laughter, of intimacy, and through it you showed the amount of healing that you can do mm. and how quickly it can manifest. Father, we just thank you. And Jesus, just the, the amount of of love that poured out tonight and the reminder of just what it is to, in a yet another level to walk in you and through you and with you. This place of amazing power and grace within love, reminding me of all that you've been putting on my heart lately to really walk with a loving and forgiving heart. Those words resonating now for literally months walk with a loving and forgiving heart and to witness the level of what forgiveness will bring. Even those things that are put upon us that were not by our hand and were not of our sins, but in witness with another that we truly love and care for, 
the level of healing and intimacy mm-hmm. to allow you to see within us and be part of you, to bring you to a seat at the table and what can transform and manifest. We are so deeply blessed. So thank you, Father, for these moments. Thank you for this night, this evening of, of truth in the heart and the sharing of something that hopefully will bring peace and resonance and healing to others. We say these things in Christ's name. Mm. Lord, for every single person, whether they hear this or not, (laughs) would your spirit just envelop them right now? Would you put their arms, would you put your arms around them and shield them from the attack of the enemy? Would you make them feel safe for a moment? that would allow them to kind of just open up their heart. As scary as that is, because there might be monsters in there. <laughs> there may, If I yield, what's going to come out? Lord, that's more real than we are. have the courage to, to let, you happen, ha- let you in on. I may hate myself if I take an honest look. But God, you don't. And unless that love finds its way into me, I'm not going to change. And so, God, I ask, would you cause each and every person here to somehow have the courage to put their hand on the doorknob that's on their side? And would you help them open up the door ever so slightly, (laughs) take the latch off, and just welcome you in at whatever level is needed for them to find your presence, your love, your voice, to unveil their face. And would you come on inside? God, if there's someone that's never done that, they've been religious, but they've never done that, would you let them in? Would you help them open up and would you come on in? Jesus, we say you have permission to step into my insides and you can freely clean, you can freely rearrange, you can just sit anywhere you want. But God, would you cause your voice to unclog stuffed up ears? Would you cause clots of what's ever in the way of your blood flowing in me would you dislodge those things would you would you smelt away any dross anything that's not you and not me that's been placed there either by me or somebody else and would you scoop it off would you cause heavy hearts to become lighter would you allow joy In your presence, there is fullness of joy. God, I'm asking for that release, that gift, that filling, that overflowing that just heals whatever's wrong. Whether I caused the wound, whether someone else did, God, would you touch and bring your healing salve to every heart that just needs it. And God, would you cause us to shine? 
Would you cause the light of your grace start to just shine? Would you turn our eyes to you? And would you cause the weight of the world to fall off and let the things of this earth go strangely dim? And would you overtake us in your light and the glory of your grace? And I ask that in my best friend's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> Thank you. And Patriots, hope you enjoyed this evening. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God truly is with us, and he never forsakes us. And God always wins. And we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. We'll see you tomorrow for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body. Oh.
Yeah.